When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Master Mindset Podcast, episode 103. You are in for a treat today. We sat down with a legend in sports psychology, Dr. Sindra Kampoff. She's a national speaker. She's an author. Her book, Beyond Grit, is phenomenal. Uh, she just hosted an amazing summit called the High Performance Mindset Summit. She's the host of the High Performance Mindset Podcast, and she's a sports psychologist with Minnesota State Football, and the Minnesota Vikings. Let's go, Team Money. Dr. Kampoff is recognized nationally for her work and contributions to the field of performance psychology. As a leader, high-performance coach, author, professor, and speaker, Dr. Kampoff brings passion, energy, and authenticity to her work with athletes, performers, and business people. Let's go. You guys are not going to want to miss this. So take out your pens and a piece of paper. Have an open mind, and let's get some nuggets and get better today. Let's go. Welcome to Mastery Mindset Podcast. We have a special guest today, Dr. Cindra Kampoff, one of my favorite mindset teachers and just a light to the world. Her body of work. Can, can attest to anybody, can beat anybody in the industry, um, serving all ages, businesses, pro athletes, young people, families. Uh, she's written a book called Beyond Grit. She has her high performance mindset summit. So I'm like a kid in a candy store. I can't wait to ask questions and just learn so much from one of the titans in this industry. Dr. Kampoff, how you doing? What's up? Thank you so much for having me. And that was a really sweet introduction. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that, especially like as a entrepreneur and a, you know just trying to get out there with my message and write a lot so i appreciate you saying that yeah from an author and i we have our own podcast i, I know the feeling of having a message wanting to help but it, it's very vulnerable sharing this stuff and getting people on board but let's just talk about how, how you got started maybe your upbringing and and on and, and all, all that sure so i grew up in iowa <laughs> um and uh, i was uh, played a lot of sports um, I was really good at cross country and track, so um, won the state championship in the mile my senior year, Ooh. and yeah, still have some records in my in my high school, you know. But that was like a while ago at this point. Um, but really, it was my dad who introduced me to the mental game during that point. He was um, in in sales. He was a vice president, and so he was reading all these books about mindset and sales, like. Um, and I would see them on his bookshelf. And then, you know, every time I would race, we would have a dinner conversation the next night and we would talk about, you know, what, what I was thinking. He was just always pushing me to get bigger and think bigger. And um, I really appreciated his support. So it's like he informally was teaching me about the mental game without really even knowing it, but just helping me be successful. And it landed me um, a college scholarship. So I ran uh, cross country and track at the University of Northern Iowa. Uh, but it was actually their calling that I really struggled with the mental game. So wow. maybe because I didn't have my dad by my side every step of the way, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, just 
really had some really highs and some lows. Um, and you know, that's really what got me like deciding to do a career in this area. And uh, what still keeps me passionate about it 20 years later, because I really struggled, um, almost quit the sport and just had so much talent. Um, could have been, you know, my goal is to get to the Olympics. I definitely could have been at the Olympic trials. Um, I don't know if I had enough talent to get to the Olympics, but the point is I did it uh, because it was my mind that kept on getting in my way. And so that really what drives my passion still today is like, I don't want people to feel like they left their potential uh, a place. Mm -hmm. that, that's how I feel about college. I left my potential there, but now I'm using it to, to yeah. drive, drive me and drive now. Man, our story is so similar. I, I got to Washington State. I'm playing football in the, the Pac-10, Pac-12 as a true freshman. And I'm like, what is happening? I don't belong here. How am I starting week five? And then wow. that next year, I had a good freshman year, and I was so hard on myself. I have to perform. I have to have my numbers. And my biggest challenge was getting my worth in the outcome. If I, was, if I had success, I was worthy. If I failed, I was worthless. And I just yeah. feared failure. I would perform to not fail. Yes. Therefore, you would attract more failure. So what would you teach your younger self? Knowing what you oh. know now, think of that younger Cinder. Sit them down. Hey, let's have a coffee at like Starbucks. I'm going to give you some nuggets that I wish I knew at your age that I based off my training now. Yeah, well, first of all, I think at that point, I saw a sports psychologist. She was really theoretical and not practical. So that also has shaped my um, how I do my work. It's really practical because I needed something practical, but I would tell my younger self, it's like, start studying the mental game, like literally get the books, apply it, maybe work with someone individually so that you can really figure out how to get out of your own way. Cause I was mm. really in my own way. The thing that Colin, what you said that I struggled with the most was like, I was a hard worker and I would go out and I'd run a lot and it was like when it, my junior year in particular, I was worked so hard over the summer, you know, two days, uh, two runs a day, just really fit. And I had one bad race about halfway through and it was, it was a tough race. I ended up quitting the race and I ended up making up um, a story about how my foot was injured and it wasn't injured, you know, cause I just couldn't, my ego couldn't say like, Hey coach, sorry, I quit because in my mind, you know, um, but I would tell myself, so this is a strategy I talk about in Beyond Grit, my book, and it's the, it's a strategy that is in live and let go. And, uh, it's called learn, burn, return. This is what I would tell my younger self. It's like, okay, what have you learned from that? And take yourself out of it. Can you see it more objectively? What did you learn? Okay. I learned in that race, like I need some strategies to keep going so I don't quit and that you know, 10 people don't pass me, and then I feel like I'm worthless. I need some really great self-talk, right? But then I gotta burn it. And what I, I know in my heart is the best really have a long-term memory of their successes and a short-term memory of their failures. And I know this by working with them. And it's like, I was the opposite. I didn't give myself enough credit. And I, I thought that beating myself up would mean that I would be more motivated, literally. Mm. And it was quite the opposite. It was like the more I beat myself up, the lack of more, more like lack of motivation that I had. And, uh, and eventually like, um, you know, just disappointed for my team. I went from like the number one runner my junior year to, I can't, I don't, I, you know, 
maybe the last runner in just like a series mm -hmm. of a couple months because of my mindset. So I would have told myself, learn, what did you, what will you, what will you do next time? Burn. Okay. You got to let it go. And then can you return confidently? Remind yourself of all the work that you put in and, uh, and just, just to be a little bit kinder to myself and have more mm. compassion. And, you know, um, there's some awesome research. I don't know, Colin, if you've read it by Krista Neff and she uh, talks about self-compassion and the power mm. of it. Now I use it with myself all the time. <laughs> yeah. So the, the phrasing I, I tell myself, I teach people to have a reset phrase, a reset where we give up bracelets where it says reset, refocus, rise. And we come up awesome. with when that, when that critic pops in, it's going to come. Four out of five human thoughts are negative. So override that. The phrasing I use is I'm not defined by this. Yeah, that's good. I'm not defined by this because I think as a performer, as a sales professional, as an athlete, you get your self-worth in that outcome. And your whole identity is wrapped around that performance. So saying, hey, I'm more than a performer, more than an athlete. I have my faith. I have my family. I have the school thing, this other passion. So I think that was something I also had to retrain myself or, or also train myself. So um, as a speaker, as a mindset coach, I love offering tools. Yes. And not just in the clouds and the dirt, not just theory. Here are some applications we can do. Let's make this complicated mental game really simple. Yes. And you have some tools for the morning. Yes. I think that I would love for you to, to share. Okay. So I am writing uh, my next book right now. It's called, well, working title Beyond Grit for Business. And it's specifically for entrepreneurs and business leaders and uh, it's people who really want to learn more about the mental game and, and um, master it. And so um, my beginning of my book, I give four steps for a morning routine. And I like it because it's G-R-I-T, so grit. And I've been doing it, I know, I know. I've been doing it since uh, January 1, and I can tell you I feel incredibly different. And it's really helped me um, just own who I am. It's helped me um, uh, like just be able to handle all the things that are coming my way during COVID-19. So people can download it at beyondgrit.com slash morning. Okay, so beyondgrit.com slash morning. And, you know, I, as I was reading about morning routines and the power of them, sometimes it was so complicated and I needed like 15, 20 minutes to do this. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really have that much time. I'm already running in the morning and exercising. And so I wanted something simple, but that would prime me for a great morning. And so priming to me just means like intentionally choosing your thoughts and your emotions to set you up for success for the day. So so here the four steps are, and I'm going to encourage everyone to do uh, try it tomorrow morning. Um, and to do each step for at least one minute. And I sometimes when I, I do this when I go for a run, Colin, and um, man, I might go for like a you know, 30 minute run and I'm just doing all these four steps and then I'm extra on fire <laughs> because I just got the endorphins, right? And then I'm priming my mind. So G stands for gratitude. And that mm. means for one minute, think of all the things you're grateful for. The good things, the bad things, like the tough things, I mean, right? and the small things. So you can still be grateful for COVID-19 because maybe it has led you in a certain way in your business or more time with your family. R stands for remember your why. And for at least one minute, remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. What's your purpose? Um, and really just prime yourself with that. I stands for intention. And to me, intention is less about what do you want to do, but who do you want to be that day? How do you want to show up? 
Mm. Um, so more about be than do, because I think we know the tasks we want to do, right? But it's more like, I want to be a loving mom. You know, I mm-hmm. will be a loving mom or um, I, will, I will speak my mind today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking about some of my clients I work with and the things that they are really working on. So the intention I say, start with an, th- at least three intentions, I will statements. And then the, mm. key, the best part, and this stands for talk to yourself. And I mm. have, uh, I've planned this out. So the way I think about this is like, whatever I think about myself, I become. So if I want to be more courageous and if I want to be more um, graceful with myself, if I want to be more energetic, if I want to be more patient, I got to prime myself. I got to start believing that about myself. And so uh, the talk to yourself is between 10 and 30 statements. I'm going to encourage everyone to actually type them out, plan them out, memorize them. Okay. You don't have to do that. You could just let your mind for a minute. Think about what do you want to believe about yourself? That's cool. But I found like this, if you plan them out, man, that's, it's incredibly powerful. And so some of mine are like, um, I, I learned like I change a million people's lives. Or, you know, I am bold and courageous and my work is valuable, right? Like, um, so you can start priming yourself with how you want to think about yourself. And the people who've done this, um, a musician does it every morning that I work with. Um, I have some VPs, some like business owners, some athletes, right? And they'll all say, well, Sindra, you know, what will happen when I do this in them every morning? And you can do it on their drive to work, by the way. Like you don't, you know, you don't have to take this extra amount of time, but you're priming yourself with great emotions, great thoughts um, that are really going to serve you. And so what people will say to me is like, yeah, this t- tough time in my, my day around like noon or one, all of a sudden these, um, these thoughts are popping into my mind and I'm reminding myself of who I am. So G-R-I-T, um, it's, it's been awesome for me, game changing. And uh, I'd love for people to start practicing it and using it. And, and they can go to that uh, beyondgrit.com slash morning, and they yeah. have a free PDF that they can get that whole grit plan dialed in. Yep, and you got all the details, more details than I just gave you. <laughs> so you know That's exactly so good. You know what's pretty cool is I teach a similar system that I call the HA method. I have, I am, I will. Nice. So I, I like to call it a four-minute mental workout. So breathe for nice. a minute. I have statements, gratitude for a minute. I am is affirmation for a minute. And I will that intention, visualize it, see it. So love it. So powerful. I love that you have that PDF that you can really get that game plan. Like, you know, athletes would never start their competition without warming up. So why would you not warm up your mind, your body, your spirit with having some scientifically proven systems and emotions to really to, to harvest and to, to tap into? Okay. Now let's talk about, you know, you talk about the R for reason. And, you know, one of your, your passions is to help people find their purpose and their why. Maybe talk about some of those topics that you like to help all the athletes and the people, all the different people that you train. Yeah. That's or in, in, in life and in business, too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when I think about how I became most passionate about this topic of purpose, it was actually um, a, a, a moment that um, was really tough for me kind of a life-changing moment. Um, and uh, in 2013, I was at the Boston Marathon. So I had trained like you know, seven months for this race and uh, I'd ran it a few other times. You know, Boston Marathon's pretty tough because you have to qualify for this race. And then you run like, you know, the course is just rough. You run 13 miles downhill. Okay, and then you have to run uphill to what's called Heartbreak Hill. 
and it's called Heartbreak Hill because literally it breaks people's hearts, right? Like they've been training for this race and then all of a sudden you got to walk up Heartbreak because it's so tough and it happens at 20, 21 miles, which is where people hit the wall anyway. <laughs> so this particular year, I crushed it. Um, just um, did an amazing job in terms of my training and crushed the, crushed the course, ran a personal best at the Boston Marathon. So super tough to do there. And, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling like I just won the race, you know, even though I, I did not. <laughs> but I'm headed to this area, this family meeting area, where um, I'm going to the letter M for the town that I live in, in Cato. And I'm going to meet my friends there for M. And uh, I'm walking there and um, all of a sudden I hear some loud noises and I see people running. And mostly I see their fear in their eyes. And I realize that I am unsafe right here. And I run, I try to make my way you know, through the crowds to um, the ho my hotel room. And uh, we thought it would be awesome to stay right next to Boylston Street that year because we wanted to be close, right? We wanted to finish the race and just take a shower and hang out. And so literally my hotel was on Boylston Street. So um, I get to my hotel, cell phone service is, is down. I open up my window and I don't see any runners coming by. And then you turn on the news and you realize, you know, like there's a terrorist attack at the Boston Marathon. So at the time we had, we had heard that there was, you know, potentially a bomb in our hotel. Um, and uh, I mean, scary, <laughs> most, most scared I've ever been in my life. But, um, but I also know, like once we found out there was not a bomb, right? I just remember sitting there and my husband was with me and I'm grateful that he was with me um, because, you know, just you had that social support and we were all in that hotel room, just runners and trying to make sense out of everything. And to be honest, Colin, my race did not matter. It had zero significance. Yes, I just ran a personal best. Yes, I just crushed a goal. But it didn't matter. Um, the number one thing that mattered most was my family and getting back to being with my boys and seeing them. Yeah. And the second was like my purpose, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember sitting in the hotel room and it was really quiet. Everyone's trying to make sense of what, what's going on. And um, I just remember asking myself these three questions, like, why am I still here? What difference do I make? And why do I do what I do? And it was like, mm. why am I still here? What difference do I make? Why do I do what I do? And that, um, that actually, um, when I got back, right? And it was, it was you know, I pro probably had some post-traumatic stress, to be honest, for a solid month. But once I got my feet back under me, I started like reading all this stuff about purpose, right? So this was yeah. 2013, seven years ago. Wow. <laughs> and wow. just kind of on my own, um, my own like journey to find my own purpose, but then um, to also uh, help other people's people find theirs. Yeah. Why is it so hard for people to find their purpose? Because I think we always say, oh, follow your bliss, you know, find your passion, find your purpose. But I think sometimes people are like searching for it. They are. There's a lot of people yeah. searching for it. And I have yeah. found like during this time of COVID-19, there's more people searching for it. I think because we have more time to reflect and um, kind of think about what we're doing and are we on the right track? And these moments that are really difficult in our lives actually bring that out in us. You know, so I think 
why did that, and I feel, you know, I'm grateful I was there that day. You know, that might seem kind of wild to say, but hey, that day led me to what I'm doing now. And I realized that I, uh, I was playing pretty small. Like I had yeah. these talents and this knowledge and I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a podcast. I don't work for the Minnesota Vikings, even though I want to do that. I don't have a book, right? And these are all the things that I wanted to do, but gosh, those were all super scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so um, maybe talk about the, the business side being, oh, okay. no problem. Okay. That's a, that's a perfect segue. Um, hey, we're back. Okay, okay. So maybe talk about, okay, I'll start again. So maybe talk about that courage of being an entrepreneur and going after your dream and being vulnerable and doing all the things that you've done that first you were kind of scary because I'm sure there's people listening. They have some dreams, but fear is that big roadblock for them. Yes. Maybe talk about that. Yeah. Um, and this is still, Colin, to be honest, something that I'm continuing to work on every day. I don't think that the fear goes away and I don't think that we want it to because fear also protects us, right? Like I think during COVID-19, we don't want fear to go away because we would be making decisions that aren't like helpful for us, right? That really don't protect our health. But um, I like this idea and on the summit, the High Performance Mindset Summit, J.F. Menard, who works with Canadian Olympians, talked about how he doesn't think that um, the world's best are fearless. They just fear less. Super good, right? And I love so that good. idea. Powerful. Like, Yeah, super powerful. I feel like I'm fearing less, but I also know courage is a muscle, right? And I love this quote by Franklin D. Roosevelt, who said, like, courage is not the absence of fear, but the assessment that something is more important than the fear. And so for me, I, you know, since 2013, I'm like, okay, can I do something every single day that's scary? Every single mm. day, right? Mm -hmm. Can I do something every single day? And so for me as an entrepreneur, that might be um, going on an Instagram story <laughs> and sharing a little bit about my morning run, right? Because you can, that's how you connect is vulnerability. And so um, I think as an entrepreneur, we have to be courageous. As, as a salesperson, we have to be courageous because we can easily let fear get in the way. I just did a podcast episode, um, it might have been last week, where I talked about what I called the courage roadmap, because there's a lot of like fear right now. And it's just two simple steps that can really reduce that fear. And it's just asking yourself to, to complete this statement, what if I will? Okay, so, because there's a lot of fear and anxiety right now. So what if, what if I do lose my job? Um, I will seek unemployment like 24 million other people have, right? I just read that stat this morning. Uh, what if I need extra, feel lonely, then I will blank, right? Or what if the strategy getting out there on social media doesn't work? Well, then I will pivot and adjust just like humans are meant to do, right? And so mm -hmm. when I, I also think about what helps me be courageous and it is my purpose, you know, since- yeah. 13, like I've been, I have my purpose statement right there on my grit board. <laughs> that's it. Right there, you know, and it's like, that's what drives me. And it's, it's living in service of other people is part of my purpose statement. So I love it. Um, in my book, Beyond Grit, I have some really, a really cool exercise on like how to write your purpose statement because people are really struggling with it. And when I got back, I read all the stuff about purpose, which is great, but nobody said, this is how to write your statement to help you guide you for your, through your life. So uh, that's what I'm most passionate about. And there, there's super cool research about how um, purpose helps you live like seven to 10 years longer. 
and it's fundamental to health and healing and happiness. Wow. So that's why we, we seek it. Yeah. I love asking people I'm coaching. What do you want? Why do you want it? And then are you interested or committed? So it's a really, really good questions. And they sound simple in theory, but they're hard to answer. You got to get vulnerable. You have to dig deep. Um, That is so amazing. Great job. Okay. So now let's kind of shift gears and talk about an amazing project you're working on the uh, high performance mindset summit. Talk about the origin and the, the list you got is phenomenal. It was so fun. So um, Colin, I, maybe I start with the motivation behind it first. So I've always wanted to do a summit. Um, I think in my mind, I, w- I felt like I could never find the time to do it, to be honest. And I, I didn't always really know why I was doing it. And so at the beginning, beginning of COVID-19, literally it was probably went 24 hours after our governor announced, all right, everything's going to be closed. Like I remember just sitting there and like, what's next? What's next? And I had a TED talk I was supposed to deliver on April 17th. And you and I know TED talks are like, you know, like you were working your whole career to give this TED talk. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had hired somebody to help me and um, just crushing the prep and all of a sudden I can't do it. It was incredibly disappointing. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. No pity here. What's next? How can I pivot and adjust? And so I uh, reached out to... 21 of my closest friends and said, Hey, I'm doing this summit. Do you want to join uh, really to help people give them practical strategies to deal with adversity and change? Right. So that was really what I wanted, something really practical. And uh, so for about uh, six days, I interviewed all these people. We launched on April 17th. <laughs> so the day I was supposed to do my TED talk and call in that night. Uh, well, first of all, like the, the impact on me was amazing because like I was just getting all this wisdom for six days. And, and before I was, I did it, I felt kind of just fine, you know, maybe a little blah with how things were happening. But afterwards I'm like, you know, on fire because I got all these strategies um, that now I have in my own toolbox and I learned from, you know, these amazing uh, thought leaders in our field. And so that night, um, I'll just be vulnerable. Like I was making dinner and I was crying, you know, and, and Dan, you know, my husband was like, what's wrong, you know, sweetie, you know, it's like, you got this amazing summit that launched in. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just grieving like the TED talk, you know, and not mm. be able to have it and then deliver it. And so um, he said, well, what, what, would, what advice would you give yourself that the summit, you know, the summit experts gave you? And so um, I was able to really use some of the strategies. Uh, Amy Morin, who wrote a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Do, love her mm. work. And wow. she talked about, um, she talked about like setting aside 15 minutes a day to worry. So she's like 15 minutes a day, you put it on your calendar and then you say, well, you know, five o'clock, I was going to be, I was going to worry. And right now it's like 10 AM. So I'm going to worry at five o'clock, you know? So I I started using some of those strategies that night and um, I felt better, but it's, you know, phenomenal list of top thought leaders and uh, and it's free right now. So if you go to highperformancemindsetsummit.com, all you got to put in is your email and then you get a series of videos. You can watch the ones that you really want to, and you get access to all of them for free. So uh, pretty phenomenal. I'm going to continue to do it, Colin, because it was yes. not only just like, did I get all these messages about how it really helped people? Um, but, uh, it was really awesome for me to do it too. It was fun. 
so amazing. Uh, just the, the service um, to, to get out to people, especially in, in times of need. And I think about crisis and, and, and managing change, it comes down to leadership. And I can't think of a better panel to help lead us through adversity, challenge, change. And you got an amazing tool, even though you're an expert in the field, we're always learning. That's fantastic. Nice. Now, um, maybe I might like maybe one or two more questions, but I love the fact that your husband, Dan, came in and said, what would you teach yourself from the summit? So let's talk about family. You know, I've been married almost 10 years, five kids. You have two, two children of your own. How are you um, bringing in teaching the mental game, mindset training, the, the lessons you've learned, the research you've done with your, with your husband and your kids? Yes. Uh, so I have been married for 20 years, just celebrating our 20th last year. So 21 coming in June. And we have two boys, Carter and Blake. They're 13 and 10. Um, and I think this is a really important time to be talking about mindset. Um, and we have been doing quite a bit of, of just talking about this, particularly because, you know, the, the 10 practices in my book, the first, the middle one, the center is to dominate the controllables. And a lot of people say mm. that in our field, but to be honest, it's really difficult to do. And um, of all the video blog posts that I've done during COVID-19, it was that one where I talked about, okay, we can't control how much toilet paper there is available or you know how long this is gonna last and what our governor does or our president does, but we can control our, really our attention. What are we paying attention to, the meaning that we're making? How can we live our purpose and stay passionate? And then um, you know, how can we even can work to control our emotions? It's not, none of this is easy. So we've been um, having a lot of discussions about that. You know, I think um, two practical strategies I can give people is, um, you know, the talk to yourself in um, the grit morning exercise. I do that with your kids. You know, why not as you're laying in bed, maybe if you've read to them, laying in bed and just start working on some some really powerful in, intentional phrases that they can use, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you say, hey, I see you as blank, blank, blank. And then maybe they even start repeating them to you before they go to bed, right? Uh, we, I've done that with my son. And then um, one of the things I did with my other son is like, okay, as we lay in bed, let's think of all the things we're grateful for. The big things, yeah. small things, and the difficult things, right? So the point is, is we can use these same strategies. Yeah, we have to make it maybe even more practical um, but you know, um, I think about how, how did I know about this? It was from my father. And I think, um, the third level of high performance to me is like the first level is that you learn and, and, you know, the second level is you apply and do. And the third level is that you live and teach. So can you live and teach this? And your kids are going to be more successful in general when you live and teach, you live it yourself and then you teach them. And Colin, guess what? Sometimes I don't feel like they're listening, but then, <laughs> you know, but then little Blake will be like, yeah, mom, yeah. burn and burn. <laughs> like, so yeah. good. Yeah, but I love that, that you model it. Kids don't do what you do. I mean, sorry, they don't do what you say, they do what you do. So models behavior is being vulnerable, practicing it. We do a few things to train the mental game, kind of just, we, we try to turn the games. We have young kids, oldest is seven, youngest is one years old. So at dinner, we'll play one of two games. We'll play either happy dinner, where everyone will go around the table and say one thing that they felt happiness or joy in the day. And then after they say it, they, they count to three. And then we go one, two, three, we pound the table, happy. So we make it into a game. Yeah. 
then the other game we play is everybody gives each person one compliment around the table and then they give themselves something nice about themselves which they like about themselves yeah which, that's awesome. that's that's usually the hardest one so yeah but and um you're doing that when they're young because when they, if you start it when they're like you know my oldest is like 13 it's kind of like oh mom we're too cool for that you know but guess what we all need to condition ourselves in these, you know, just because of what you just said, the negativity bias and that we are more biased in terms of like, uh, I was reading this research study that um, negative events get stored longer in our memory wow. and have a longer wow. lasting impact. So they get mm. they store longer and they, um, they store longer and they like linger longer. So this, oh, here, here it is. They store quickly and linger longer. So negative events mm. store quickly and linger longer. And so um, what this research study showed is that we have to hold the positive moment into our memory for 12 seconds for the positive moment to go from short-term to long-term memory. So savor yeah. it for 12 seconds and like those moments where you're talking about the happy game, that, that's some of those you can savor. Yeah. Okay. T Money, we got a high school golfer in the house. He's also the leader of the Piaub High School debate team. He's coming in for some questions to dominate. You know, think about the pressure of like peer pressure in high school and, and being that belonging and, and performing as a golfer and just trying to fit in. Maybe T Money, what, what questions? You have an expert in the field of mindset. So feel free to ask a question, Tanner. Yeah, I think one one big thing is what how do you teach? I know you said you work with the Minnesota Vikings. How do you work with the guys um when they're struggling, when they're I mean not a say a slump, but when they're struggling to get out of that, to get back to being their best performers? Yeah. Ooh, great question. So um, first of all, I think we have to be careful about the language that we use. So I think the word slump is a swear word yeah. <laughs> because when we use that word, then all of a sudden we maybe turn, you know, one bad performance, sure. two bad performances, bad, whatever that means to you into like this trend when really like, okay, maybe it's just this one time that you underperformed, yeah. right? But what, what, one of the things I love to do with athletes is um, usually I would even do this in my first session with them uh -huh. is I would talk deeply um, and in detail about um, their best performances. Okay, let, tell me about three times that you've played golf in an amazing way, right? Let's dive into that. Let's like talk about what happened before, during, after, and we're gonna go into detail so I can learn more about how you perform your best. So there's this theory in sports psychology um, that I use a lot um, that really kind of guides me to this, this work and it's by Yuri Hanen. And um, he took um, what's called individualized zones of optimal functioning. Okay, so let's, let's put that down to like practical terms. Yeah. <laughs> we all have this like our own unique emotional profile when we perform our best. So, and then also by talking about times you performed your best, you learn more about what is that, what leads to me being at my best and what are the emotions that I want to feel when I play my best. And people literally, even at the pro level, haven't always thought about those questions and there's always new insights, no matter how long you've been playing the game, that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I did that or that, or that strategy really worked for me. Um, 
And uh, so that's the advice I'd give you, Tanner, is I'd like, you know, I, I would encourage you to think about how do you play your best? Maybe write a journal about that okay. and, um, and then work to replicate those performances over and over again from not just a physical standpoint, from a mental and emotional standpoint, because I think most people just go to like the physical part, not like the emotions and the thoughts that led to that. Okay, great. Thank you. How's that? Powerful. That's good. That's good. That's so powerful. Yeah, like you said, the, the brain, it's, uh, it's going to think of that, that negative thing quicker. And it's going to hold on to it longer. So just going back, we often forget our, our successes and just hold on to those failures. And that is creating that, that self-image that's not oftentimes true. So my last question, Senator, again, you've been amazing. You've been just a wealth of knowledge. Your energy has been fantastic. I've been taking just pages of notes. Um, so the last question I want to talk about is one of the missions at Master Mindset. The first mission is to transform lives. The second one is to normalize mindset training. Yeah. You don't have to be sick to get better. So tell me about what you've experienced in your career. How can we make teaching mental skills normal and make it cool and make it a part of our everyday life? Great, phenomenal question. You know, when I think about when I first uh, started in this field, um, really literally was 20 years ago, there was definitely less awareness of the mental game. It is growing and it's awesome. Um, and I think, you know, that's really why I'm here <laughs> is, to, um, is to grow the field. That's what I'm most passionate about is how uh, can we normalize this? And the way that I think about this is like, we all know that physical training is important, right? We spend most of our time doing that. If I asked you how much time you spend on the mental game, it might be, you know, I don't know, 1% of your time, but the best know that they must train their mind. Um, and they know it's the way that they get ahead of their, of their competition. So I think the way that we do this, and, and this is um, part of my life's mission too, Colin, is like practical strategies. Like just, I said that theory for a second, maybe people zoned out for one second, but it's like, okay, yes, we need to have, we need practical strategies that are research driven and that are based by research. It's a must because we can't just pull things that we don't really know that work. Uh, but we need to put it in people's like easy, easy to understand terms. And I think uh, really practical strategies that like my, my 13 year old could understand. And I think we even need that when we're adults, we need really hands-on things. So I think that's the way that we continue to help people. And just by, providing evidence that this works. Um, you know, during the Vikings and Saints game, um, did, you, did, you, did, either, did you watch that game? It was the postseason where, which one? There's, there's two of them that I were know. like, the, ending, the endings were crazy. So which one? I know. Well, both of them were phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. But the one I was thinking about was last year when the Vikings were playing at the Saints. And well, um, Adam Thielen is a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, who um, I started working with when he was a college um, athlete, Division II football player. Minnesota State, right? Yeah, Minnesota State. So I worked with their team. I've worked with their team for nine years doing mental training. Um, phenomenal. They went to the, division, uh, the, the national championship game last year. So that's a great example of a team that has physical training, great coaching, but then this mindset training has just gotten them to another level consistently year after year since they started it. But Adam um, was coming back from an injury and he uh, fumbled really early on in the game. And so an ESPN reporter saw him go to the sidelines and just like 
go like this. Like he was like, you know, putting his arm down kind of like this, like, um, how do I explain for people who are listening? Just, um, I don't know, just moving his hand down. And so later on, he has this amazing catch. It's a 34-yard 30, catch over his head to set the Vikings up to win the game. So an ESPN reporter um, asked him after the game, like, Adam, how did you move on so quickly from a mistake? And he goes, well, this mental training consultant in college, okay, that's me, <laughs> told us how we need to flush our mistakes. So literally, when Adam was a senior, we had a tiny plastic toilet, a very small, a couple inches tall on the sidelines and players would go over there and they'd flush it if they needed to, right? And it was, it was more just like a visual reminder that, okay, can you move on quickly from mistakes? Can you hold, you know, what did I say when we started? Like short-term memory of your mistakes, long-term memory of your successes. And so I'm like, so Adam literally was pretending to flush a toilet on the sidelines with his hand. I'm like, is that how I get an ESPN flushing a toilet? <laughs> hey, you gotta take some credit for that big, that big, uh, that big play and that big win. That's phenomenal. But that's a grand, uh, a mental skill used when you when you need it most. It's uh, training your body physically and having all the, the skills physically. I think I, I overtrained myself because I was trying to work too hard. But having the mental skill to go to that's phenomenal. So, I love how in your podcast, which if you guys have not subscribed to the High Performance Mindset Podcast, you have to. And one of my favorite things you do is you run through your notes on what you learn at the end. So- That's awesome, are you gonna do this right I'm now? I'm gonna try to do, I'm gonna try to do my best, okay. Awesome. So I think a simple tool that our listeners can do right now is to do this, this grit priming exercise where it's gratitude, reason, in, set, and intention, and then like talk to yourself, positive so talk. So that's just a simple four steps to do I love why am I here? What what difference am I going to make? And why do I do what I do? That's just, again, legacy, purpose. I love the flush it example, where as a mom, as a worker, something doesn't go right, don't beat yourself up. Stop reliving and pre-living. Just press that reset button, flush it. Um, I love that learn, apply, and then, and then to actually teach it, to live it and then teach it. That's phenomenal. Just to not just, I think we consume, 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 but do you take time to reflect and put an application and then also master it so then you can teach it? Um, when you're in a slump or going through a rough time, language is so critical. Language, the words you say are so, so let's not say things like, I can't, don't, slump. Let's just eliminate those words that are, are negative. And, uh, and just, uh, I think two things for me as a mental coach, mindset coach, which we do similarly is get them to talk about when you've had success. It's so hard for people to do that because they just want to hold on to those mistakes. But that success is just as real as, as that failure. And then how being negative is stored quicker and it's stored longer. So just that mindset, just your brain bias for negativity. So you've been amazing. Way to go. That was amazing. Uh, Dr. Kampoff. Yeah, you are just a legend. Again, I, I could probably ask you questions for a week straight, um, but uh, just to respect your time. People, you need to check out this summit. You have to check out the summit. I'm, I love this field and this space. I have not seen a better summit that has thought leaders in the space to not just survive during quarantine, but, but thrive. And this is bigger than sport, bigger than business. This is life stuff as well. So, and you need to get uh, her book, Beyond Grit. Um, just a lot of tools you guys can use to be your best self. So, Dr. Campoff, thank you so much for your time. Thanks and, for being here. Uh, any, any, Anything you can do to follow you or to find you on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, your, your yeah. website? 
So um, I am on uh, Twitter at mentally underscore strong. So mentally underscore strong. Everywhere else I'm at Sindra Campoff. So Instagram, Sindra Campoff. I just started Pinterest, believe it or not. So getting into that a little bit, but I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. So you just search Sindra Campoff and would love to hear what people think about this podcast in terms of like our episode, what stood out to you. We'd love for you to reach out to Colin and I. It'd be really awesome to hear from you. And even if it's just like one nugget you took from today, I know your time was worth it to listen. So thanks, Colin, for having me. It was really fun. Yep. And you listeners, thanks so much for chiming in and or listening in. And T-Money, this is how we always end our, our podcast is our T-Money. You ready? The body has limits. But the mind is limitless.